Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, Or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now. Welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ. And for me now, after having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Well, friend, if you are a young woman who identified as part of the LGBTQ community, and you sometimes felt like you weren't welcome in some faith communities— and had some hesitancy about Christianity anyway, what questions would you be asking in terms of Jesus? How would you search for something real with him? So friend, let's talk about that, shall we? Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and I am so thankful you're listening today. As you may know, every month I'm inviting a young woman with real faith questions to join me as a co-host, and then together we're inviting guests on during the month to share their stories and also possibly tackle some of my co-host's hardest questions. So last month, our co-host was Becca, and I loved our conversations. And friend, I hope you take some time, if you haven't already, and listen to those episodes we recorded together. They're binge-worthy. You can go ahead and listen to all of them at one time. Maybe it's good, uh, good road trip fare there. Um, but as always, you can find out more about the Finding Something Real podcast, get uh, free stuff, read some blog posts, sign up for the email list, and support the Finding Something Real show by checking out the details for all that at findingsomethingreal.com. And also, this is the first episode of the month, and I wanted to take a moment and share about today's podcast sponsor. You've heard me share about Laurel Denise before. Uh, The company creates meaningful handmade jewelry meant to encourage, inspire, and remind people of what they cherish most in life. The business is a small crew of women in Charlottesville, Virginia, just building on the dream that God gave the founder, Laurel, 15 years ago to create encouraging jewelry with her handwriting. They've become a gift company that answers the call for much more than a bracelet, and their mission is to be their real selves on the internet and provide meaningful gifts at a price people can afford. And as I've shared on previous episodes, I love her leather bracelets, so go check out her stuff. You can check those out at laureldenise.com. Okay. So friend, today on the podcast, I'm honored to introduce this month's special co-host. She's a 20-year-old full-time college student who says even though she didn't grow up in a particular faith, she has been actively trying to build her relationship with Jesus lately. I'm so excited to hear her story and get to know her more. Mariah, welcome to the Finding Something Real podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, Mariah, I'm excited. That makes two of us. So tell tell whoever's listening a little bit more about you. Uh, what are you majoring in? What's the dream when you're done with school? Um, 
currently I'm an elementary education major and my minor is human development. Although recently I've kind of been wanting to major in human development, but I'm not really sure what I'd do with that. So, but definitely something working with kids. I think the developing stages are just the most interesting. And then even just the way that we kind of um, view the world through these theories is just really interesting to look at. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember taking a childhood psychology class and being really fascinated. So what would be like your ideal age group to work with? I would say second or third grade. So I think that's around seven or eight years old. Yeah. Um, Because they're definitely old enough to be more independent, but still need that scaffolding just as a person. So you kind of get to help them through the things and just be that person where they can do it alone. But they might need help along the way. So it's fun just to let them be their own person and then just be there more for structure, I guess. I don't know how to better explain it. Yeah. Well, I have four kids, so I definitely, I, I hear that. And I love the idea of scaffolding. That's a really good way to put it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, have you always, have you always loved children? Have you always loved working with them? I have. So I have a younger brother who's seven years younger than me. So currently you just turned 13. Mm. Um, and I've just been around him. So when I was 12 years old, I started babysitting and I babysat people around his age. So I think that's around four or five, but I kind of babysat younger than that. So from 12 on, I was always babysitting. I loved working with younger kids. And then I was also in Girl Scouts for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So I did the day camps and I got to work with the kids there. And I taught specifically not tying, but we taught other things like um, safety with pocket knives and then fire safety and stuff like that. So just between all of those experiences, I've been working with kids since I was a kid and I always loved working with the younger kids. So That's awesome. So you love kids. What else do you love? Like tell whoever's listening a little bit more about you. What are some things that you love or really dislike? Um, I love traveling. So my father's actually in the military and I've moved about once a year for my entire life. So I've been to 12 different public schools. My college is school number 13. And then I've also lived in, I believe, six different states, if I'm counting right. Wow. And so just kind of traveling around the country. I love meeting new people. Um, Yeah, that kind of goes with the traveling, but just new people. Um, Eventually, I want to get out of the country, not currently with everything going on, but it'd definitely be fun to be able to travel. Yeah. What's your favorite state so far? Um, I have to say Washington. That's where I go to college. That's where I was born. She knows I'm from Washington. (laughs) (laughs) That too. But honestly, though, I just love Washington. It feels like home to me. I feel like personally, I like Western Washington the best if I had to pick a specific area, kind of like the islands. But yeah, I like Washington. It's nice weather, nice people. I think the East Coast is very rushed because that's where I currently live. Yeah, it is busy over there, but so much to do. So much to do and see. So um, I'm so excited you're here. How did you hear about this co-hosting opportunity? I heard about it through Facebook. And I think the timing is really interesting. Um, So I go to Elevation Worship through online. And then I also go to one of the online groups. And so it was right after I had joined that group and decided that I wanted to just get connected to people that had faith. Because I don't really have a lot of friends that are any religion honestly um Mm. most of them I wouldn't say atheist but they don't necessarily have any specific religion or if they do it's not something that we're really a community with so I just wanted to get connected to more people and just grow in my faith 
And I looked at it and I was like, oh, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I'm trying to do. And it just sounded really interesting. And then I remember um, I hadn't even listened to a single podcast, I think, when I actually like filled out the application. And then I started listening to it and it was really interesting. And it applied to a lot of things that just I currently had been wondering about or wanted to know about. And even listening more, it's definitely been interesting just to see other perspectives and ideas that I had never even thought about or just kind of some answers to things that I never would have thought about. Yeah, yeah. Before we pressed record, she said uh, something along the lines of, now I have lots more questions. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> I already, I couldn't even think of more questions when I was like writing out all of the questions I had. I could only think of a handful. And then listening to other people talk about it and other people's questions, I was like, now I just have more questions and elaborations for things. But I yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get to some of those. So tell me a little bit more about your story. Um, you said you moved around a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit more about your faith journey. Well, for me, um, my parents both grew up um, in different churches. So my father grew up in a Catholic church and my mother grew up in a Methodist church. Um, currently, neither of them really practice. Um, my mother doesn't go to church but she definitely has some faith there because it was something that was addressed as a kid um like especially when we'd go over anything like uh death related or just kind of hard things it would usually come back to you know everything has a reason and it's like god's plan or like oh they're with god now and it was definitely kind of talked about mm -hmm. i also think just um a lot of influence i influences i had in my life happened to be christian influences um, I did have some friends that I'd kind of go to church with them occasionally, or my grandparents go to church, so I'd go with them. So it kind of was around um, when I was 11, my mom started to have symptoms of a chronic illness, mm. and that was a really hard time. And at the time, I had neighbors who went to church every week and had invited me to go before, and they actually gave me a Bible for my 12th birthday. <laughs> so I had started going to church with them. And then that kind of got me through that hard time. And then we moved away like we do. And I didn't really have the resource anymore. So I definitely kind of moved away from it. And because I believe the Bible that they gave me was um, one of the ones that has like little, it was a teenage Bible. I don't remember what it was but it had like little experts that were supposed to be explaining the scripture mm. and I remember at the time just I don't even think I actually read the scripture I think I just read the excerpts <laughs> because I was like I don't understand any of this I'm just going to read this part and some of them just didn't seem to align with who I was as a person because mm. there was definitely ones that like applied to homosexuality and just at the time I wasn't necessarily exploring that part of myself but it just didn't seem like something that was a good thing it definitely wasn't a positive message about it mm -hmm. um so I just kind of went away from that and then also not having that influence and then with my mother being sick so I definitely went away from it and then I would you say mean, I'm just gonna pause you right there so when you say you went away from it you saw mm -hmm. some things that maybe you didn't like and you're like uh I we're already moving away I don't really have the influence of people who are like mm -hmm. sharing about Jesus in my life right now so um, it wasn't something that you kept on your bed bedtime table or something, right? Bedside table. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely wasn't something that I was looking at that often. I think very occasionally 
I would just kind of have that moment of, oh, I'm curious, or I would see like a piece of scripture here and there and wanted to know more about it, or I just had questions. So I would look at it, but then I would end up again, not really looking at the scripture, just kind of the interpretations, which I'm not saying they're bad interpretations, but if all you're looking at is interpretations of scripture, you're not going to really learn much truth if you're just looking at all mm. of these other things instead of actually what it's saying. Yeah, so true. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so it definitely kind of went back and forth. And then trying to remember when the next time I went back to it was, I think it again, it was probably around 17. And this was on my own. It wasn't for any particular reason. Um, it was just something I wanted to know more about. <laughs> and then it also was just, again, I was in an abusive relationship at that mm. point in my life so it was kind of just another looking for a reason why I guess yeah. um but again I kind of moved away from it wasn't really that invested in it just kind of going on I think it's easier to not necessarily have that influence I guess like it's definitely not easy to look at it and not have anybody around you that's even slightly interested in it or if they are it's just not talked about mm-hmm. so I definitely moved away from it again and again, it's it's a commitment. <laughs> and I don't think I was ready for that. And even now I kind of question if I'm ready for that, but I don't plan on walking away <laughs> this yeah. time. Um, and I really came back to it. I would say the pandemic is what brought me back this time. And then just having that influence. Um, I have my mother's old Bible and I have my own now, but at the time I was just reading hers. Um, and then I got my own because I want to keep hers more preserved for later. I want to keep it nice. But um, so I just started reading that and then I got involved with um, Elevation and just hearing, I think it's really having access to online really got me back into it because for me, that was a big thing. I didn't want to just walk into a church and be like, hey, I'm here. I don't know anybody. I don't even, is that how churches work? I I have no (laughs) idea. Like, I feel like you need an invitation, which you probably don't, but I always felt like that. So when it's online and you can just click on it or even watch prior videos or for me I started listening to the Elevation podcast and that's what really got me interested and then looking at other churches too so I think it was definitely just a low pressure way of I don't need to know anybody because I'm not in a room full of strangers I'm just on my own yeah (laughs) so it's definitely brought me back and then had that interest yeah it sounds like in times of need in your life you've been really drawn in is that fair to say? Yes. You're nodding. Your I head. would say so, definitely. And I actually was thinking about it the other day. I was like, that's not fair. I only kind of call it when I need it. Like even in between um, phases of like reading my Bible or getting active in a church or anything, even in between that, I every time I would get on a plane, I'd pray. Or <laughs> anytime anything would come to the point where I'd be afraid of injury or death, I would start praying. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I yeah. feel like it just kind of has been that cornerstone of like, I'm in need. I need this but I've never really put the commitment outside of like when I feel like I need it. It was just when I was desperate, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so honest because I think a lot of people, you know, are in that same boat. Um, So I'm really glad you're here to share your story. And um, what, what is it that compels you towards Jesus? What is it? um, Why do you keep coming back to him? Honestly, I don't know. Like I said, it almost feels like a need in a way. And I think it's definitely a comfort. And then just seeing how he's worked in other people's lives and my own life. 
Um, I know that before we've talked and I say that my life's kind of like a story because starting with what I already mentioned, my mother um, starting to have chronic illness when I was 11. I move all the time. That's not really normal. Um, I also found out I was adopted about a year ago. You don't normally find that out when you're 19. Mm. Um, so just all these things that going together didn't seem real in a way. Like they seemed like they definitely had to be written by someone because there's no way all of these just random unrelated big events would happen to one person and so in a way that kind of was just my looking at it like oh this makes sense and I think that's something else too is if I really sit back and look at everything that I've seen and the people that I've just witnessed who are more faithful or just involved in any type of religion they have more fulfillment as people just like outside looking in and it kind of gives them an understanding of life and I think that's really all that (laughs) all that I want like it's definitely just I want that understanding Mm -hmm. and it's something that I've found in that so yeah yeah has there ever been a point I'll ask one more question on this and then move on but has there ever been a point where you've told God like I'm all in I'm I'm all in um I feel like I honestly have multiple of those points and I think that's just more recently because um going back and forth at this point, it's definitely been just having those moments of like, yeah, it's all in. And then I kind of question it. I'm like, well, I already said that. Why give up now? <laughs> and it's definitely, it's been back and forth still, but I haven't strayed as far as I used to. Cause yeah. I'd get to a point where I wouldn't even acknowledge it anymore. Like it just wouldn't even be a thought, mm-hmm. but um, it's definitely gone back and forth. I remember one time at work because I work overnights Um, I was listening to another Elevation podcast. (laughs) I think they're great. Um, And I believe it was the Easter one from 2019. I could be wrong. It was one of them. And it was basically um, one of the prayers. I remember being at work and sitting there and thinking, I need to pay attention. And I was in the middle of doing something. And um, Pastor Stephen Furtick was essentially saying, like, if you're here, stand up and just basically saying like be still give your attention to this and usually if I'm listening to a podcast I don't necessarily pay attention to that if I'm at work because I'm working but for whatever reason I just felt the need to this is important I need to do it and standing there it just felt like there was a huge light inside of me like going through the prayers and repeating after him and it was just a really interesting feeling so it was definitely like a warmth and a light and then because I don't want to say I'm in a bad mood at work, but I'm not in the best of moods when I'm at work. And it definitely, (laughs) I work at Target. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've worked there since high school. Um, Now I work overnight, so it's a bit different. But yeah, (laughs) it's not, it's not a bad job. Do you ever really want to be at work all the time? Right. (laughs) But, and it definitely changed my mood and just my whole outlook on everything. It definitely was a good moment. So I'd say that is probably the biggest one I think of. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to touch on something that you mentioned, and I also mentioned at the top of this episode, which is um, that you're part of the LGBTQ community. And I was wondering if you could share a little bit about that and what what that's meant for your faith journey, because you you mentioned earlier, opening up the Bible, (laughs) reading commentary Mm -hmm. that you didn't necessarily agree with. So, So tell me a little bit more about that. Well, at the time, so when I first read anything about it, I, f- I feel like you kind of 
or I can't say you're always raised that way, but I feel like my parents didn't necessarily shelter me from anything. So when I was being raised, I kind of understood that Christianity's view of um, homosexuality was negative. And I kind of just, and I don't think it's always that way, but like, that's just kind of what I grew up understanding. And so when I was 12 with this Bible, I remember looking at it and it essentially would give you like a scenario and then it would give scripture and then it would say like scripture says this so this means this and I remember it was this girl and I believe she was asking about like her friend who was a lesbian or something like that and then it went on to say like oh it's a sin and like just how it's this terrible like it almost made it seem like the end of the world (laughs) Mm. um and just the way that it described it was very negative and at this point I was 12. I wasn't really thinking about anything. (laughs) I didn't even think I thought about anything in that realm. It was just something that was a piece of material that I was looking at. And I was like, oh, that's not a very nice thing to say as a 12-year-old. And so I was like, okay, that's just not, I don't like this. And again, I don't, I can't really say like what my thinking was, um, but but I definitely just was not, yeah, I do remember it. And I remember not even wanting I don't think I really read that bible (laughs) that often afterwards because I just didn't like seeing it on the paper but after that I would say I didn't have any thoughts about it again until high school um I would say I probably had crushes on um females in middle school like thinking back on it I think I did but I didn't really put much thought into it it just kind of happened Um, And then high school, I had my first girlfriend. And that, again, I hadn't really thought about it. And I had a bunch of friends who were also LGBT. So just kind of being around people and really sitting down and thinking with myself, I was like, oh, maybe it's more than just wanting to be friends. Mm -hmm. And just kind of little things led me up to that. And I remember when I came to that conclusion, I had gotten a girlfriend and I cut all my hair. Like, I felt like, okay, if this is part of me, I have to change everything about myself. So I dressed myself in the stereotypical, I believe it's like flannel and I had bands at the time and I complete went stereotype. I was like, okay, I have to look as gay as I can. (laughs) Go for it. And so I cut my hair and my hair was about as long as it is now. So a bit past my shoulders and I cut it into a pixie cut. So it was above my ears. So I cut off over a foot of my hair and it was like, okay, this is what's happening. And then I only had a girlfriend for like two months. Um, So it wasn't even. (laughs) And then after that, I was like, oh, you know, I probably shouldn't have cut my hair because I like having long hair and my hair is not like you don't necessarily have to reflect everything inside on the outside, which is definitely what I was trying to do. But that's just not who I am. I'm not a very masculine person, even though I felt like, oh, I have to be more masculine now. Mm. So I feel like that's definitely a stereotype with that. Um, And then after that, and this was already after I had kind of stepped away from religion in general and just wasn't following it because it didn't seem to follow what I was doing at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I had that one relationship in high school that was abusive and it was with a boy and Mm. I kind of went back and then after it, I didn't. And I think it just, at this point, by the, I was able Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, I got out of that relationship because I moved states. So if I had moved, I don't 
know how I would have gotten out of that situation. And that's mm-hmm. just how bad that situation was. So I think I wasn't necessarily focused on Jesus at the moment. I was just kind of focused on, I just moved away to college, focus on college. And cause I joined a sorority. So I was focused on, I just got to college. I just left this relationship and now I'm going through sorority recruitment and all of this and all the new classes and just being very overwhelmed. Um, and then I got into another relationship a bit into that year. Um, and that one was with a girl. And then we broke up when I came here. And there really wasn't any type of religion in that. I know that she um, was a Mormon as a child and wasn't anymore. She left the church. Um, and then now I'm here with my parents and just kind of everything going on, going back to Jesus. And so it's definitely been interesting because I think even within the LGBT community, there's a lot of hurt from that mm-hmm. um, because you, there's definitely LGBT Christians and then there's a lot of people who have been hurt by it who move away from the church. So I think it's not necessarily specifically, oh, I'm LGBT, I can't be in the church. I think it's just there's a lot of hurt from that and people witness that. So it's something that it definitely makes you look at other people's experiences and you don't necessarily want that. So that's probably what it's been for me too, is just like seeing other people's experiences, even though I've been interested in it, it's been something that I kind of push back because it's not common in a lot of people. Once you get a partner, not a lot of people want to do it. Mm -hmm. So if your partner doesn't want to do it, then it's the question of, you know, do I want to do it and follow Jesus on my own or just leave them or what am I doing? It's pretty, yeah, yeah, it's pretty rocky territory. It's messy. Yeah. (laughs) So... (laughs) And I know it might have been different when you filled out the application, but um, mm-hmm. I, I thought, so do you have a girlfriend right now? Currently, yes. Okay. So I just wanted to clarify that. And mm-hmm. one of the things um, I know we talked about off the air is whether you wanted to come on a podcast um, journey mm-hmm. with someone who I hope has uh, made you feel like I want you to feel loved and accepted mm-hmm um, here, but who also holds, um, I guess what's called a non-affirming view of homosexual practice, right? Mm -hmm. Probably something similar to what you read in that Bible. I don't know what version it was. (laughs) I I don't even remember what it said. I just remember the word homosexuality and then the word sin. And then basically like it made it seem like this huge, terrible thing. And it just, I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah, so I might be remembering wrong. Before you even (laughs) came on here, I just want to clarify for whoever's listening. Before you came on, I asked you to listen to a couple episodes that we recorded Mm -hmm. in March with Lou, um, where we talked about um, some of these identity issues and uh, homosexuality. Because I, I I wanted you to feel loved, but also know that I still, you know, am a Bible believing Christian, Mm -hmm. and that um, we might talk with people who have similar views of that. And so you emailed me pretty much immediately back and said, after you listened to them and said, yes, I want to be on here. Why did you, why did you say that? Because you know, it might be kind of rocky and uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. uh, I I just want anyone to hear why you'd still come on. I mean, I think it is. And I remember, um, I think it was because there's two that you sent me and I was listening to one of them. And I remember just sitting here and thinking like, oh, that sounds terrible. Like, why would you do that to yourself? (laughs) And just kind of like having that thought process. And even later in the podcast, it was addressed as like, you know, it's not a bad thing. And society wants to view like not following that as a bad thing. 
or something like that. And then also both of the people that had been talking specifically stated, you know, this is my journey and your journey is yours. And to me, Mm -hmm. that's something that I value is even if we have differing opinions on something or even just um, differing justifications on things, that it's respected that whatever I choose is mine to choose and you don't have control over my choices. And that's more of what I'm thinking on that. Yeah, but you're open to having those hard conversations even on here Mm -hmm. in this process, which I think is amazing and I, I really am excited about this, uh, Mariah, because um, and we're going to get to your real, your real questions here in a second. Um, but I think when it comes to the identity piece, it's so personal. And that's why, you know, I normally don't have my co-hosts listen to podcasts ahead of time. But um, this is deeply personal and deeply rooted in identity, right? And so um, I, I'm excited that you still wanted to come on anyway, even though we might mm-hmm. disagree on some different things. And I do hope you feel loved uh, and welcomed in every conversation that we have. So you had some great questions um, about the Christian faith. Um, and I have a list of some of them because I know you filled that out a little while ago. So if you yes. want, I can just <laughs> list them off and then you, you know, share a little bit about them, kind of like what we did before when we met previously. Okay. But um, you asked, um, what is the line between natural occurrence and God's will? When do things happen for a reason? And when do things just happen? Share a little bit about that, will you? Um, so that one, I think, kind of goes back to some of uh, just LGBT related, because I know it is something that I've heard another um, LGBT person kind of address. And so there. Um, transgender and they're a Baptist and basically their explanation of it because it kind of explains like oh um, naturally I was born this way and then I want to be this way and then they were talking about how um, their want to be um, different than essentially whatever they're biologically Um, they had basically said it was some type of natural occurrence and that that didn't change who God had made them to be. And mm-hmm. so I think that just having that written out was an interesting way to put it or like what kind of naturally happens in that sense. And I also know that we had talked about um, a story in the Bible. I, I got the disciples name wrong. I'm pretty sure it was Paul, if I'm remembering correctly this time. And it was when the um, he had helped make a fire and then the snake came out and bit his hand because it's hot. Mm-hmm. And so that was mentioned and just kind of if the snake came out because it was hot, did it naturally happen or because that was kind of it naturally happened because it was hot. But then at the same time, that was the only reason that later Paul goes on to do other things. So it, is it a natural occurrence? Is it will or just kind of mm-hmm. an in-between? Can anything really happen naturally <laughs> or is it all just meant to happen? Because like, I feel like that's definitely one or the other. Okay. Well, that's a really deep question. We might have to get like a bona fide apologist on here. (laughs) We've had some amazing people on this podcast uh, who can explain things like that in a way that I I definitely, uh, I just sit back and go, yes, please share about this. I don't know half of what you're saying, but it's it's fantastic. I actually have to re-listen to those podcast episodes quite frequently because I'm like, wow, there's so much to absorb. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But I think that's a great question. What is, uh, how do we know the line between God's will and natural occurrence? And um, yeah, let's have someone on to chat about that with us. Um, okay, next question. You said, how can we manage sin when it's already been forgiven? If all sin is forgiven through Jesus, where lies the motivation to avoid it? Yes. And this one is interesting, even from like an apologetic standpoint, because there's the moral argument of, you know, we have morals, why have morals if God doesn't exist? But it's also the thought process of if you're going by that, okay, we have morals because God exists, but do those morals have any standing if they're already like forgiven? And then that kind of goes back to also like um, homosexuality being a sin. If it's already forgiven, is it like why? <laughs> why not do it or just I feel like that's really kind of justification for any mm. any type of moral or sin or anything is if you have the idea of it is forgiven because it is yeah <laughs> um like you don't want to stand here and be like well I'm forgiven so I don't have to do anything that it says but at the same time like could you <laughs> yeah. like because then it's also the question of morally could you sit there and be like well it's forgiven so and then it's also like, where on the line are you going to say it's forgiven? You know, are you going to say like, well, homosexuality is forgiven, but murder, don't do that. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like, you know, where if you are going to sit here and be like, well, everything's forgiven, so it's fine. Where is your moral compass then? And where is it coming from? And like, where do you have boundaries? I so what you're saying is we have to get not just a really good apologist, but a really good apologist who's good at that <laughs> issue as well. <laughs> no. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I, I feel like that's a really interesting question because I think that it's used almost an advantage of whatever argument you're making. Because I think, mm -hmm. again, if you're thinking of the fact that sin already has been forgiven, then what really, like, is there any weight to it? Yeah. And so it's, I think it's a hard question. And I think it's a question that a lot of people just don't even want to ask because it doesn't feel like there's a good answer to it. You know, I think I actually could have a whole conversation with you about that, but that's not my job. And so I will uh, defer to somebody to come on here. But uh, when they come on, I'll, I'll share some opinions. Uh, the one thing I love about doing this intro episode is I really try to keep my opinions to myself as much as possible, except for uh, sometimes uh, they slip out anyway. But um, <laughs> I, I want you to be able to share your story and your questions. Um, okay, so another question. Um, which goes along with that free will thing um, and natural occurrences versus God's will. Why does God let terrible things happen? Is a person's free will to sin or welcome God more important than the purity of humanity? Yes. Share a little so, bit about that. This question, honestly, even hearing it back, and I know the last time I heard it back, I was kind of confused by myself too. I'd, I understand where I was coming from, but I think I worded it in a really strange way. But something that I was thinking like I understand because I've heard it being said that we have free will because without that um we wouldn't necessarily make any decisions that would have us need God like we kind of need free will to need God in a way um I don't know if that answers any type of justification for the question either but then it's also if we have free will and we're going to say that um like making the choice to sin or like to do terrible things is free will. You can do terrible things to people that don't deserve it. So then it's the question of why would God let you do terrible things to someone that doesn't deserve it? Like why, 
would God let this person who doesn't necessarily deserve it go through this terrible thing just because they gave this other person free will? And I think that's kind of what I was getting out of that question is, you know, what about the person who's just being preyed upon because of this other person's free will? Like, is the free will worth it if it's preying mm-hmm. upon other people? Because what about the other people? Why would he let someone have the power to do that to someone else? Mm. Which kind of goes back to your last question about uh, mm-hmm. why stop sinning, right? When it's all yeah. been forgiven anyway. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And then... Um, the last question you asked, which I think is great, how do you listen to God? Does he actually speak to you? And how do you know what his path is for you? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, <laughs> I say that because I had like an experience not that long ago that I'm like, oh, I think God was talking to me. But going back to the question before I talk about that, because I'll probably have to talk about that now that I mentioned it, um, is just because I know that some people are going to be like, oh, I kind of feel like it's a voice or it's just a feeling or you know this thing happened and to me that's a sign of God like how and I think this is just a more personal question to everyone but how can you know that God is sending you a sign and it's not just like a bird flying across the street and that Mm kind of goes back with um what's natural occurrence and what is God like you know Mm -hmm. what kind of things are actually things that are going to be kind of signals of where to go and what things just are there yeah yeah Well, I think that we've got some amazing content coming up this month is what I think. And it's a good thing we're recording this episode um, a few weeks in advance. So we have plenty of time to uh, ask these incredible people (laughs) to come on and share with us. Um, So tell me, um, you're actively wanting a deeper relationship with God. You picked up that Bible a couple of times. You're listening to uh, Elevation Church, their podcasting. How many... How deep have you gotten into reading the actual Bible, Mariah? Um, well, I've definitely read some Psalms. Um, I feel like everybody kind of starts there, same with Proverbs. Um, I've read through John, and I'm currently about halfway through Luke. And I know when I was younger and reading it before, I started reading Genesis, which I feel like is not necessarily the best place to start just because it, I don't know, it's almost kind of boring in the beginning when it's just like listing like this person and then this person and then this person. And you kind of go through and I feel like it it gives great context to just generations of people and like backgrounds and things like that. But to kind of <laughs> be 12 and not know anything and just looking at that and yeah. just not understanding, like, why is there this huge list of people and like events happening? And just it's definitely a big thing to start with. Yeah. But a little bit of Genesis and then mostly um, John and then Luke. And yeah. then I plan on just kind of doing it book by book. I'm not sure what order I plan on going in, but definitely more of the New Testament currently. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's great. You know, John and Luke are usually where I ask people to start, you know, because I love, I love reading about, um, you know, the ministry of Jesus. And Mm -hmm. John is so, um, I mean, I definitely have had people on here describe it better than I'm going to describe it now, but the way he shares about Jesus being God and just kind of has this thread throughout the whole book um, about that is just really powerful. And then Luke, I love just because he was a physician. So he had like that methodical way of talking about what happened with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I love the book of Acts too, as it gets into church history and all of that. And 
a lot of the letters of Paul are really good, but I just want to encourage you. Yeah, Corinthians. Yeah, Yeah. Um, me too. And Galatians and Ephesians. Ephesians is so good. And Philippians and Colossians. Anyway, there's a lot of really good ones. You should read. I mean, they're they're so good. And I I guess my encouragement to you during this like season as we're recording these and different things is like what you said earlier. um, And I didn't quote you on it, so I can't remember exactly what you said, but you have to know for yourself what the Bible actually says, you know, and mm-hmm. commentary is great. I don't know what Bible version that was, that commentary you read when you were 12. It may, and, and here's the thing with the Bible. Um, it may rub you the wrong way. Um, there's certain things in there that are really hard. Um, my husband and I read the Bible every single day, or we try to, and trust me, uh, there are days when I'm just looking up to heaven, like, Lord, what was that? What does that actually mean? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I I was reading something in Luke the other day and I believe it was um, Jesus like saving the 12 year old girl and how he literally says, don't tell anyone what happened. And then Luke just writes it in the Bible. <laughs> and I was just sitting here and I was like, you were told not to say anything and you're just going to write it in the Bible. Well, now you we know. All know. You know what? What's so great about getting older is you learn, you go through these different things and then you hear like people share about them. And um, I believe the reason, this is a theory, and um, but I, I think the reason Jesus said that is don't tell anyone was because his time had not come. His mm-hmm. time had not come. So when Luke is writing this years later, uh, his time had already come, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's, man, there's, you, you, you'll never get to the end of scripture, but um Especially, I'm I'm a little familiar with Stephen Furtick's work. I I'm not as familiar as some of my friends. Some of my friends just love him. Some of my friends are adamant that uh, <laughs> that have very different opinions about him. Um, but what I will say is this: um, I have def- definitely definitely have people in my life that I really admire uh, their ministries and the things that they're doing. Um, Francis Chan, man, I went through a whole season where I was just like binge watching all of his YouTube videos and um, just I was reading Crazy Love, which I love that book and I share that often. Um, But there's no substitute for getting in the word of God for yourself uh, just because, um, you know, people are human. And a lot of times, Mm -hmm. depending on the day, depending on the agenda, uh, things can go a different way. Um, I've even had people on this podcast who where I've raved about somebody who was in ministry who I find out later um, you know, was maybe a wolf in sheep's clothing. I don't know. Only God knows for sure. But like, you know, it's, it's tough. So the one, the one person that I trust with all my heart is the person of Jesus Christ. And the way that you will, you know, draw closer and hear his voice, at least in my experience, has been getting into the word and taking that time. Is there somebody in your room right now? Can they hear you? No, no, my dog's downstairs. Oh, you have a dog? I, I have, yeah, I have a beagle. So at yeah, school, he's loud. you have a dog. Um, at no, so I'm at my parents' house. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's our family dog. But yeah, he's he's pretty loud. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you'd be able to hear him or not. That's awesome. But somebody rang the doorbell, so he's just. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, uh, so this podcasting co-hosting gig, it's always about a journey. And so my encouragement to you is uh, just to get into uh, reading scripture for yourself. And the New Testament is a great place, a great place. Yeah. I definitely find it interesting. Like I was kind of mentioning before and how I was like, oh, I feel like I kind of was spoken to. Um, I was actually at work and I have it in my Bible because I was like, you know, I kind of want to keep it. And I found half of the grocery list and on the back of it, 
um, in cursive. And I, I don't even remember what I was doing, but I was thinking something and I had seen the paper. And then it, as soon as I saw the paper before I even like did anything with it, it just immediately, I was like, I kind of want to listen to something. I don't know what, but I was like, I want it to be like, Jesus really. <laughs> and then later I went actually picked up the paper and what it says is, um, Jesus redeemed suffering, um, see his glory in our wounds. And then it has um, Romans 5, 4, 5, and then Hebrews 10, 23. And so I went and read those two. And yeah, it really spoke to me. And I was like, wow. <laughs> so if you left this note in a target, I, I like wow. to think that it was left on purpose. And it wasn't necessarily like a note to whoever lost it. <laughs> but I found it and just the timing of it was great. Yeah. <laughs> was well, yes, I got. Uh, yeah, he's so personal. Um, all right. I, I'm, I'm trying not to give my own my own uh, perspective on things. But it's really hard, Mariah, because I have <laughs> I'm very a very opinionated person. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't help that I like talking. So if you start talking about your pen, I'll probably just go with it. Okay. okay. I know. I'm <laughs> This could this could ruin the format real quick. No, uh, final question. Um, the Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Of those four gifts that I believe um, in their truest form are found in relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, which of those stands out to you the most in your life right now, or which would you desire most in your life? right now and why, if you had to pick one, um, restoration, eternity, authenticity, or love? I feel like authenticity. I think that's something that just overall, I've always kind of struggled with authenticity. And I feel like it's a really hard thing to do nowadays and probably even before, but now, especially with social media, because you want to post a certain way or you want to look a certain way, or even being in college or being in a sorority, it's definitely, you kind of give off this I don't want to say persona, but like you definitely have this person that other people perceive you as, and that's not necessarily authentically you. I know that I had talked about previously immediately being like, oh, I'm not straight. Let's cut all my hair off. (laughs) (laughs) Where That's not really very authentic to me, but it was something that I was trying to do just because I felt like it would kind of be more authentic, but it really wasn't. So I think that's definitely something that I'm just looking for as a person is just being authentically myself because I definitely even with um going back to Jesus and having this in my life I definitely still have people that will look at me and be like well you're just not religious you don't actually believe that Mm -hmm. so I think it's definitely just kind of finding my authentic self regardless of what other people think that looks like yeah just having that authenticity there yeah, I know you said, or I said that that was our final question, but I guess my one final question to you, and I, I think that you kind of already touched on this, but I'm going to ask you straight out. Um, at the end of this journey, what would you like to have gained from it? What's something that you want to come away with? Um, I'd probably say just more, um, not necessarily personal growth, but it's kind of personal growth and just growth for my faith. Um, that's something that I've just been looking for and just having because the more that I go into it, the more everything makes sense. Like just my life makes more sense. And it definitely has been very good for me. Um, so it's something that I definitely want to get more roots in and just to understand more and to gain more perspectives. Because as I said before, I don't really have many people in my life that are religious in any way. So it's not something that I really have a built community with. So it's been very helpful 
even with um, the online groups that I'm in to have people that I can talk to because for that it's girls and they're all over all over the world I love them so much but (laughs) just like being able to hear like their experiences and their opinions and things that we talk about so it's definitely I love talking to other people and just having like I said just questions that I kind of have that I get another perspective on um, not necessarily get you know I'm sure many people would have many different answers to each of my questions but just even to have a second opinion on something or just another view and just something to give me more questions and to go more into it so yeah 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 I'm excited I think this is going to be really fun and I think whoever's listening is going to really enjoy hearing this journey and um, no matter what comes from the end of it I just hope that it does uh, draw us in relationship with the Lord deeper and um, yeah so I'm excited and I'm excited you're here and I really am thankful for your authenticity, Mariah. Um, it's going to be great. So until next time, thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting co-hosts to join me to share their personal stories and to ask their honest questions about the Christian faith. Each month, we hope to feature a different co-host and together invite guests on to share from their own faith journeys and experiences. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all about what's so great about Jesus, I hope you come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with him. Until next time.